Okay. Yes. Yes. Hello to you all. Uh, welcome in to the Eric Zane Show podcast, a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures uh, each and every day of the work week. Okay, so a little bit of perspective here. Your old pal, it was, uh, your old pal Easy. it was on, let's see. It was, when was it? When did I have my doctor's appointment? Fuck, is it not in here? What month are we in? We're in September. Well, I could have swore it was like, the fifth today's like no i guess it wasn't i guess it was late uh no it was the 29th of of august jesus get your head out of your ass that i went to the dock and got on the scale and saw um i believe i think i said 186.4 before but i think it was 187.6 i gotta write that shit down Okay. Yes, that's what it was. 187.6. Never been heavier. Chunky monkey, easy rhyme. It was that point that I said, enough. It has now been two weeks and two days. This morning, 182. Point six. Wait a minute. Yeah. 182.6. So five, right? Yes. Five pounds in two weeks and two days. Very, very happy with that. And it hasn't been easy. Uh, I have established some type of momentum where the eating is in control. I haven't, uh, I haven't really had any problem with that. It's been in the only way that the only thing I can attribute it to is just keeping with the fat fuck mindset of I'm only going to worry about what's going on right now, this minute. I'm not going to worry about one hour from now. I'm not going to worry about one hour ago. Brandis says, are you making sustainable changes? That's a great question. Is it something you can keep up for the long term? I think so. Because honestly, I've really enjoyed my food. I uh, have a tendency to kind of eat a lot of the same things. And I always have, whether they're shitty or not so shitty. Uh, Like this morning, I had this nice little natural trail mix full of almonds and a couple of raisins and shit like that. Uh, because I was short on time. I uh, normally I'll actually uh, make up a bowl of friggin' uh, cocoa wheats. I love my cocoa wheats. Yes, it's nothing too extravagant on the. Um, on the I'm not. I'm not like uh, doing extreme changes to my diet where I. I. Uh, I don't actually enjoy what I'm doing. I've actually enjoyed it. Uh, the smoothies are a, a lifesaver. I enjoy drinking them. They're, it's like a treat. They're so tasty to me. 
That's a regular thing with protein powder in it. A little bit of frozen fruit, a little bit of uh, yogurt. Uh, then yesterday, like my thing that I'll uh, do every day that is like shit that I don't um, really worry about what is going into it. You know, I'm not like, I'll make like a sandwich or something like that. That was my big thing yesterday. I had a, a sandwich and uh, it was it was awesome because I'm learning how to make really great food as the world's greatest fry cook over at Bosco's Pub. So I made this sandwich that I just really enjoy making. And uh, it was fantastic. You know, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, um, turkey. And, um, you know, it was it was great. It was great. Then later in the day, okay, it's time to wind down. It's about 5 p.m. No, I take it back. It was like uh, closer to six, which I have to do the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast on a big fraud Wednesday last night. So I got to eat. I'm hungry. Had a leftover baked potato. And I don't, I don't just like eat the potato raw. I, I put the shit I want on a baked potato. I, uh, some cheese, some sour cream, little butter, you know, full on big thing of butter right on that fucking thing. Heat it up. Boom. And then that's when I had the protein shake to go with it. The key is whenever my doctor told me, whenever you're going to eat the carbs, Eric, eat protein with it. Because the carbs will throw you right up, your blood sugar level right up. But then it'll drop down if you don't have any protein there, which is is uh, is a slower process to get any type of uh, sugar out of it. It keeps your blood sugar at an appropriate level as opposed to it spiking and dropping back down. I go, oh, well, that's great advice. So, holy shit, I'm off and running, and then I didn't need another thing for the rest of the day. Now, I got done with the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, and I was quite fraudulent on the day's activity. I had managed to squeeze in one walk, but I was only, I only had like half of my fitness ring closed, or my movement ring, all right? And I'm like, okay, it's 8.40 at in the evening, Diana is in bed. Uh, Daisy, who by the not Daisy, damn it, I did it again. Darla is in bed with uh, Diana, who by the way is recovering from getting spayed, and she's a little low energy. More on her in a second, but she's fine. It's eight forty. Night falls. I'm like, ah, fuck. Well, I gotta, I gotta post this half finished movement ring to the fraudulent fatties. I fuck that shit. And I went outside and started walking. And I had to walk for, uh, well, I did one massive lap around the neighborhood. And then I go walking up to the house. And then as I'm in the house, it updates. And. I have to hit 17 more calories to meet my fitness goal. Diana's like, come to bed, come to bed. And I'm like, now this is really going to be a pile of shit. If I don't put my shoes back on again and go march down to the corner, do some, a quick five minute power walk and back and close this movement ring. So it was about 10 o'clock last night and I closed that fucker. I did it, man. I felt good. 
posted it to fraudulent fatties on our Facebook group. And uh, that's it. That's it. Close the book on the day. I feel great about that. Today's a new day. So I took the little victory lap. That's it. Forget that now. On to the next day. What am I going to de- uh, do today to be less disgusting? We've managed to, in two days, two weeks and two days, eliminate five pounds of mass. And to illustrate that, um, I went ahead and, uh, like, uh, I have like a five-pound weight in the basement. And I'm, like, holding it. And I'm like, my God, this this was on me. And now it's gone. I love that. I love that. Uh, I'm still thinking that Amanda is AWOL. I don't, I don't trust her a bit. Um, you know, to me, she's like, uh, the group is like Alcoholics Anonymous, you know? I think that um, her being quiet is leading me to think that she's absolutely cheating on us. I do not trust her one bit. Uh, she says that in her, um, in the, when she said, yeah, um, today I just ate snacks. This was like three days ago. And then she must've heard me comment about it. Like, what do you mean you're eating snacks? She says, oh yeah, it was snacks like cottage cheese and string cheese with protein water. Sus, I wrote. I'm not seeing anything of Amanda saying, yeah, I went for a walk. Present, she says, it's been a shit show week. I don't give a fuck. You started this fucking thing, asshole. Get out there and move. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, oh, guys. Yeah, I've had a hard week. No one else has. I know you've all had great weeks. That's why you're able to go and appropriately eat and uh, go for walks. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying this shit, Amanda. Um. Everybody on the fraudulent fat fugs page is uh, seriously on uh, red alert at all times. Every disgusting person on there, me included. If I suddenly am no longer um, on there chit-chatting with the group or giving an update, that's a bunch of shit. Kenny makes a great point. Moving and steps at work don't really count if it's what you've already always been doing already. Amanda says, I moved heavy carts, tables, and walked around my plant for 20 minutes. That's that's what you've done every day. And look at what it's gotten you. You need to do more. I'm not going to get into an argument with you about this. You came up with the concept. You're the one who said, easy. I love it when you beat me up. Okay. Now, do you want to participate and have us help you? Or do you just want to sit around 
and announce that you're you're eating like shit and you're not moving. If that's the case, relinquish your moderation part uh, powers and get out. We don't have time for your bullshit. We only have time to encourage those who are actually putting the effort forth. You suck. Don't ever forget that. Today, you suck. You are not holding up your end of the bargain. Very, very fraudulent. Okay? Two things. Don't eat like a cock and walk. Uh, Aram says changing the eating habits will make the normal activity produce results. Well, maybe. But she's not doing that. She admits right there. I'll take the eating like shit. Okay. So basically you're in this group just to kind of like be there. Oh, cool. Yeah, thanks. We'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll just uh, uh, take care of ourselves over here. And just watch you not take care of yourself. And then, um, you know, watch you complain about it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. We'll just, uh, we'll just uh, uh, participate in the group you made. And then you won't participate. That, that, that's fun. Thanks. Give me time. No. No. The game's already started, asshole. Give me time. Prepare yourself and act appropriately. This is all your invention. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I'm stoked about this Facebook group. Let's go have some fun and lose weight together. Okay, sure. I I like it. Everybody signs up. Everybody participates. Amanda goes AWOL. And then when we finally get her back in, oh, yeah, I've had a hard week. I know you all have had great weeks. There's nothing in your individual lives that is more important than the tough week I'm having. The next thing I want to hear from you is that you've actually had some success. My God. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. Makes Facebook group, gives us excuses as to why she's not participating in Facebook group. Our support group of people who are trying to improve their lives, uh, their lives step by step. And now instead of getting steps from you, I'm getting excuses and nonsense. Bullshit. I don't believe a word of this. Brandis seems to be able to do it okay. Kenny seems to be doing okay, except for when he eats six Oreos in the middle of the night. Nikki's uh, lost seven pounds. Congratulations. That makes me happy. So what the hell is going on? And Kenny is suffering with a debilitating back injury. And can't sleep through the night. Amanda says, I'm happy to discuss it if you want to call me. Nope, I don't want to talk to you. 
I don't want to talk to you. I want you to spend the day today not eating a pound of chocolate and uh, walking. That's all I want. And I don't want to hear, the next thing I want to hear about you from you is, you know, you're right. I don't know what happened to me. I'm back on board. No more excuses, dick. Ryan's lost 4.6 pounds. He's pre-diabetic. He says allegedly. I don't know why he says allegedly. By the way, make sure you uh, weigh yourself in the morning. My God. Uh, So I am excited. I am excited about the prospect, except for the I'm not excited about uh, Amanda's excuse making. That's bullshit. Um, ladies and gentlemen, John is back. If anybody wants to say anything to John, John is here. He says, Eric has no problem fat shaming. Well, John, we're in a, we're in a uh, weight loss support group. You dummy. The point of this is she created a group so we can all get together and support each other in losing weight. And the idea was if they don't, then we'll bust their balls. And there's Amanda says, I want him to fat shame. That's what everybody signed up for. Now, I know you like coming in here and stirring the pot. But unfortunately, uh, what we're doing here is actually appropriate. It's what we set up. You should join. Everybody's correcting you now. Um, Megan says, John, we all signed up to be fat shamed and be jerks to each other. It's a mutual agreement. John, um, uh, you should, yeah. Uh, Ryan says you should join us. You probably, it would do your body good to get out and move a little bit. Chris says, please. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, John's not that popular around here. But um, thanks for checking out the show again. Um, All right. Now, about our lovely dog, Darla, here. Okay. I picked that sweet little thing up from the vet, and she's got her cone of shame. Now, about the cone of shame, it's called the e-collar. It goes around their head, looks like a lampshade. Okay. Um, When the dog has it on, it doesn't have the ability to, whatever, uh, lick the incision point, which could cause it harm, maybe damage the stitches and cause trouble in the dog's recovery from getting spayed. So she comes out. And she's just, you know, she's only been out of sedation for a few hours and she's just not normal. She's just like, you know, fuck this. Okay. Um, dog's walking around. Put her in the car. Get her home. 
By the way, that that e collar is kind of a shit show. I I we have always the second that the dog walks out of the vet, <clears throat> we've taken the e collar off almost immediately. It's like impossible, impossible for the dog to do anything. She's low to the ground, so the thing is actually hitting the ground, and it's it's causing her to to trip and causing her stress. It's terrible. John, I'm going to silence you because you're annoying everybody again. You're on a short leash here. You can stay and enjoy the show, but I'm going to, I'm going to silence you because, uh, you're distracting everybody. Um, so we take the damn thing off immediately. We've never had a problem. I just have to keep a close eye on her. Now, if she were alone for extended time, I might, I might put it on her, but uh, if she has that thing on, um, she doesn't. She doesn't sleep. She doesn't eat. It's terrible. So take that thing off. Get home. She hasn't eaten, and we're just about to give her some food. A little bit, because if you give her too much, the dog can throw up. Too late. She manages to get on the couch. And uh, I come walking up to her and I'm like, Jesus, I, I didn't think you'd be able to get up on the couch. But she did no problem. And then she's like, I have seconds to act. Now, between the couch and the carpet, the carpet is the better option. That's quite easily clean with the machine, you know? This is a uh, this is not a fabric cu- uh, fabric couch. It is a uh, it's, it's a leather couch, and so then she pukes, and where it lands, it then all drains into the couch. This is like the type of incident where you just burn the couch at this point, and. The quickness and speed that which everything that was in the dog's stomach landing on the couch and then disappearing into the couch was stunning. So I just go, oh, um, I didn't want to like yell at her or anything. Jesus Christ, she's coming out of sedation. So I go, oh, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Here, let's get you off of there. Pick her up, put her down on the carpet. She then pukes again on the carpet. So then it's like uh, uh, put on the um, uh, gloves that come up to your elbow. And I had to like take apart the couch and, uh, and, and to clean it. And that took forever. My God. So that was ugly. But she's fine. She's doing okay. Uh, They said no playtime for like seven days. And that's asking a lot. Because Bruce always wants to play. So I have to keep an eye on them because I don't want them to, uh, you know, have an issue. Haul the couch to East Lansing for the kids to burn in the streets. 
Uh, don't burn the couch. Sell it on Marketplace. Someone like you'll buy it. That's true. We're going to keep the couch, though. Um, I have sworn to Diana, um, we don't buy new furniture in this house. I said, if we are going to go ahead and have four dogs and we don't care if they get on furniture, and we don't, uh, there is no point in buying new furniture ever because one week after we get new furniture, it looks like old furniture. Thus, that's a bad idea. So I made the deal with her. I go, if you can find me something great on Marketplace, I will buy it for you. But there is no way in hell we are going to go ahead and buy new furniture with four dogs and two cats. Every day, our animal pukes. Typically, it's the cats. But no, I mean, come on now. It's a challenge just to keep this house from smelling like fuck. And we may be nose blind. Have you ever heard, you know, like when you're, you're around something that smells like fuck for extended time, you start to become immune to the smell. Um, so I don't know. I, I would have to have somebody come in and say, Hey, I'll, I want you to be honest with me. Does it smell like shit? Does it smell like shitty dog? Does it smell like uh, Irvine's bathroom after um, uh, uh, Ashley decides to give the uh, puppy a bath in the sink? You know? Megan says, if you want another cat, Jake is great, but I can't with this, with his animal killing. Oh, your cat goes out and kills things in the neighborhood. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Ladies and gentlemen, I always like to point out when uh, an absolute legend in the radio industry is in the room, he's probably blushing and telling me to shut the fuck up. But ladies and gentlemen, it's Eric Nagel. You can find uh, E-Rock, his podcast. It's Eric Nagel. Also, uh, he does the uh, podcast with Brian Johnson from Tell Him Steve Dave called Would You Kindly? At least I hope you still do that. Um, on Compound Media, and that is, of course, where uh, E-Rock hosts me somehow. From time to time, in two years and one month, I have published 12 shows. That averages out to one every two months. Would you kindly end it in May? I'm now informed. Holy fuck, that's embarrassing. Fuck me. Sir Bob of Oliver says, bring back, would you kindly? I feel bad about not knowing that. What an asshole. Um, nevertheless, God, what was I going to say about that? I had something in my brain I was going to say. Oh, on the latest edition of the Eric Zancho podcast on Compound, somebody watched it and referred to me as, um, Bizarro Gavin McGinnis. Iraq says, I'm looking forward to the Eric Zane Halloween special because when I do those shows, um, my opinions sound like no one on compound media. And I'm just waiting for the day when Iraq says, yeah, 
you've said too much. You're not welcome back. (laughs) I usually say many things insulting about uh, people who think like most of the people on compound media. Um, But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the audience's skin is thick for the five to 10 people that enjoy my show on there. Uh, and they take it with a grain of salt. Iraq says, grow a mustache and put on a Hawaiian shirt. Iraq, you've got a lot of fans in here. Sir Bob of, of Oliver, uh, Nick in the arena. He's, he's a fan too. Uh, it's good to see that you are here. There is Nick right there. He says, I'm waiting for the day they fired Gio Bisconte. I don't understand the dislike for Gino, not Gio, Gino Bisconte. I think he's very talented. Uh, You got to have somebody on there who's willing to uh, stir the pot like that. Uh, He's uh, he's quite good at uh, thinking on his feet. I I don't see any issues with him. I don't see any issues with Gino. I don't see any issues with Gavin McInnes. I think that Gavin might be one of the most talented people I've ever heard on a microphone. He's a psychopath, uh, but he's very, very good. Are you kidding me? These are the people you want. You know? Uh, Nick says, I was a longtime ONA fan. Well, who wasn't? I was so intimidated by Opie, uh, Opie and Anthony back in the day when they showed up in Grand Rapids. Uh, Sir Bob of Oliver says, I'm actually here from Compound. Didn't know you had a show until you were on with Anthony. Oh, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, that story goes back the ONA days here in Grand Rapids. Um, we had just started to get a footing for about two years prior to them arriving in Grand Rapids by doing our show. And then typically in radio, when you get kind of um, over the hump where everybody's listening, no matter what you put in, it's tough to make that. It's tough to fuck that up. You really got to work to fuck it up if you start to really start to kick ass. So they got in, I think, just a bit too late. But of all the things that I did in radio that I was worried about when we did, did start to have any type of success was that show. Because I'd heard it enough that I was like, Jesus, fuck. They're funnier than we are. Um, and if it's going to be between us doing our thing and them, the uh, attention they command, they will get more attention from the things that they talk about and the things that they do and the trouble that they get in. So I was very, very worried. So then every three, every month we would get these, uh, trend ratings, you know, and, uh, for some fucking reason, it never caught on in Grand Rapids. And I was like, are you kidding me? How, how I, I know what I, I, I would, I would, uh, put a tape in the tape recorder and like record their show. This is what I would do. I would record our show and then their show uh, in real time. All right. And so you've got 60 minutes of audio starting the recordings at exact same time. Let's say it's 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. So I want to hear, I'm I'm trying to uh, recreate what an average person is doing in the car. 
And if they start listening to us and then I press play on both at the same time and turn the volume down on one boombox, got two boomboxes. This is back in the day. One goes down. The Opie and Anthony one is down and then ours is up. So I'm listening for something for interesting now. And, and, and then when it starts to lull, I'm like, all right, now I'm going to act like the average listener and turn this off and turn the volume down on my show and turn their volume up. And then I kept like, now it's tough to separate because I'm on the show, but I'm like trying to think like a listener. I'm like, well, this is more interesting. So, and then I'm running a timer on both as to how long I'm listening to one tape and how long I'm listening to another tape. And, you know, in the hour, like 40 of the minutes I was listening to Opie and Anthony because it was more interesting than what we were doing. I was like, oh my God, and I'm putting all this time and energy into it. Like, we're going to lose everything. We're dead. Holy fucking shit. And then the ratings come back and no one's listening. I'm like, what the fuck? How? What? Uh, Iraq says a lot of places thought we were, quote, to New York or East Coast so they wouldn't try the show. My God. And then there was the time when uh, Michael Gray, Iraq, do you remember Michael Gray? Uh, oh, okay. Michael Gray and Cluck. Opie and Anthony. Okay. Opie and Anthony. Because it's stock. Shit canned. I've played this from time to time in Grand Rapids. And uh, they put this on. And Gray, the backstory with Gray is he was on WGRD and then our show moved in and he got fired. So he winds up running this radio station and Opie and Anthony are on. They fire Opie and Anthony and then uh, Gray starts talking shit about them. Eventually Gray is on this same station when it's sports in the morning and then when I got fired from Freebird and Hot Wings, they fired him again and put me on. So every time, so twice, I've replaced this asshole. But back to when ONA got fired and they put Gray on, he starts talking shit about Opie and Anthony. They find out about it and they call. Went from $19 down to uh, 85 Anthony's bitching, he's bitching about, it was then known as Citadel Broadcasting. And they really fucked up Citadel. It eventually became Cumulus. It was this guy by the name of Fareed. And uh, and I forgot the chick's name. But they kind of fucked up the company. Since. Mm-hmm. And that means. And Anthony's pissed off. We got to go and they got to drag in program directors and janitors uh, <laughs> to do morning shows. <laughs> Save money. And that's the cost. bottom line. They're saving. They're doing this to save money. And, uh, you know, I hope it works for you because... Uh, well, let's see. Let's see if it's working for them. This is uh, some audio of Gray and Cluck. These guys replaced us in Gray and Cluck. <laughs> oh. Hey, I know I have a dopey radio name, but it's a dumb nickname I got when I was 12. These guys actually... Cluck. These guys actually come up with names like this, thinking it's going to be the next great. Opie was so much sharper when he was on the radio. He's he's just 
not the same when he's talking uh, monologue style on a podcast. Thing in radio, gray and clock, everyone. Top of the morning. What's up? 602 Monday. I believe that I had the world's worst night of sleep ever. Yeah? Yeah. I don't think I shut my eyes for more than about 11 and a half minutes at any point during the night. One of those where you look at the clock like, hmm. Seven minutes left since the last time I looked at the video. Yeah, that hey, sucks. Six more minutes of my life has gone by. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun to deal with today. Yeah. You just heard the edgiest show on radio, That's... Gray and Clark. Pew, 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 Gray and Clark in the mornings. They actually said the edgiest show on radio. We're going to be abrasive, they said. Yeah. They're going to take it to the edge, man. And, and the guy, I, I didn't sleep for more than 11 minutes. Anthony hasn't slept since February. Right. Shut it. Tired of it. Hell yeah. Okay. Ray and crowning achievement. The edgiest show on. Uh, crowning achievement <laughs> was spending uh, four hours on the road for an hour and a half. Okay. Weekend. Get oh, with yeah, fifty thousand watts, like you can come. The edgiest show on radio. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And Cluck. All right. Let's let's sample is, some Greg and Cluck. This is what replaced us. You know, when you get replaced by making, and then they boot you to put the program director on the decency to give a call and say what. Why, how, who? It moved the keys to Grand Rapids. <laughs> I just grabbed all the crap, threw it in a box, moved it up here. I wasn't even thinking. Well, dude, let's find out what he ended up doing. Yeah, dude, I'll take a barbecue with my brother-in-law and Howell over that any day. It was the worst. <laughs> so I did what any self-respecting piece of white trash would do. We went okay. talking about lost keys and maybe I, uh, this. There's three parts to this. Obviously, I'm bouncing ahead. I'm doing this as a jock. You, kind of uh, you, you talk about I'm your boring weekend, and then of course. Your keys. I'm looking for when they call. Have fun dealing with Fareed, too. Yeah, Fareed's going to screw you in the end, too, so, you know, keep doing uh, double duty. Well, dude, no. Okay, here we go. Right to you. Honest, stupid, gray, and cluck wannabe. Let's, let's discuss uh, the Opie and Anthony uh, radio career with the gray and cluck. Hello? Hello? Yeah, see? That's, see, that's what brave radio guys do. That was Gray and Cluck. As soon as they realized it was us, of course they're going to hang up. Yeah. Yeah, make all your jokes when we're not on the uh, on the phone with you. More effing phonies in this business. We take it right to you. <laughs> there you go. There's the brave Gray and Cluck. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But... Hey, Gray. Yo. Why are you guys trashing us on your first day? You think that's, like, uh, going to get the job done or what? It's our third week. Is it really? No one's paying attention. This is, a, this is the start of our third week. And you're talking about barbecuing and losing your keys, and that's supposed to be the edgiest show on radio? Oh, man, I'll be completely honest. I was the uh, I was the PD when we signed you guys on. Yeah, I understand that. And that's why you're doing the morning show now, because they're looking for something cheap. You know that, so why don't you tell your audience? Opie, they flew me to Buffalo to find ways to promote the show. We didn't do anything with O&A on the cheap. In fact, it killed the radio station. No, no, no. The listeners have said that they didn't see any promotion in Grand Rapids, Michigan, whatsoever. And don't... Opie's right. They didn't do shit anywhere, ever. Don't bring up Buffalo. We were doing very well in Buffalo. Oh, that's why they... I'm friends with those guys. I was out there with Evil Jim for two days 
trying to pick up anything and everything that I could to help promote that show. Well, bro, stop being phony and, and making O&A jokes because you believed in the show, so just stop. Dude, I, the only thing that we ever said on this show was that the ratings... Made we just, hold on, we just played a clip. We had to make a change because of the ratings. And that's the truth. You know how the game works, man. You're not new to this. So uh, so you guys think you're going to get the ratings up now? Dude, just the fact that we're local to Grand Rapids will result mm. in more ratings. Local. And, and We beat the shit out of them. It was worse. Uh, Opie and Anthony didn't really get a foothold in our town. But this show, I mean, it was non-existent. No one ever listened to this show. And and so we're we're off in Buffalo also because of the ratings. We were doing very well there. Yeah. We're off in every Citadel station because of the ratings. I had no idea that you guys were off in Buffalo. Yeah, because yeah. for because Fareed in his uh, uh, wisdom, who's going to uh, with his eighty five cent stock that we got in at at nineteen dollars a share, is uh, cutting corners by getting rid of expensive. Uh, programming, what he deems expensive, and putting in uh, cheap programming. Look, he's got you doing two, double duty. Well, dude, no, there's a, there's a couple of things there. One, he hired in a, a whole staff when you guys went away. We're not saving any money. We had to hire... Believe me, he's saving money. And believe me, no offense to you, I, I mean, we listened to some of the stuff you're doing today. That's not going to get the job done. It's going to be a nice local show. It'll be a safe show. But you're the program director, right? Yeah. How is that going to work when the program director is supposed to march into radio studios and go, look, guys, you can't do that. It's too edgy. <laughs> so, of course, you're not going to uh, do anything edgy or interesting because because your job's on the line. Uh, it's stupid. And you did take a shot at us. Well, we just played this clip a, a mere 10 minutes ago. We're going to, if nothing else, if, if we can't do anything else with this show, uh, we will shoot you straight and be honest with you. And if you're an O&A fan, um, apparently... No one from the ratings ever found you because uh, one of the other morning shows in town, you, you ever want to crack them up, you don't have to try to tell them a joke or a witty story. Just go, Opie and Anthony, and they'll laugh themselves off their bar stool. Uh, now he's speaking for me. No, I was always concerned about Opie and Anthony. Yeah, they're going to laugh their, themselves off their bar stools, really? Do you know what we've done with our careers, jackass? Yeah, I do. And I so do your effing show. Uh, you moved on from Opie and Anthony and, and just move on. You were a fan of the show, and now because we're not around, you're going to trash us? Not at all. Now, it, it is kind of interesting, though, that, that Opie would get butt hurt. It's like, come on, man. You're, uh, you're, let's be honest here. Uh, all you did was say terrible things about people, so quit acting all butt hurt. When, when were you on Leno? When were you on Letterman? When did you guys do a comedy show in front of 10,000 people? Why don't you answer some of those questions? Are you are you a syndicated show across America on satellite radio? Hey, oh, when did you... Now, with him saying all this shit, that's embarrassing. You get your start in mornings. Four years ago? Five years ago? When did you get your start with Anthony on the radio? When was your first day on the air? What is this? Ten questions? What does that have to do with anything? Just don't trash us. You guys decided to go in another direction, so do that. Do that. You know damn well you guys were fans of the effing show. All right, so it didn't work out. Don't take your stupid shots. I told you. Dude. Our careers are what they are. We've done very well for ourselves, and you know that. And it didn't work here. Do you have any ideas, the PD? And who's the dope laughing in the background? What have you done with your stupid career, dope? Do you have any idea how annoying it is over the last two years to have this station beaten in morning drive by the free beer and hot wing show? Well, I guess they like them a little better. What can I tell you? At least I've heard of them. It, it, 
So you're gonna you're gonna now beat free beer and hot wings. Oh not off the bat, we're starting. To... Uh, no offense, but you're not because uh, help is right. You're the PD. You can't do it. You can't do both jobs because you're supposed to be the guy who goes. No, look, guys, you can't do that on the radio. So how's that gonna work? That doesn't pertain to anything. You're a suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part. I'm not gonna lie, that was all very self-indulgent. But I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the give and take. And now. I think everybody's out of radio between the only one who is still in radio is, is gray. Um, after I took over on 107.3 and he was fired, uh, he moved off to Montana. He's a radio boss at some cluster of stations where like they have like lunch and you got to go out and kill a bear for the, for the lunch meeting. Um, I think he's doing okay. He just goes out and hunts and shit. And, uh, and that's that. Uh, Clark might still be doing something in radio. I don't know. Um, Iraq says he had to move to nowhere just not to be fired again. Now, technically, Iraq and your old pal Easy are still radio stars uh, in the uh, in the iHeart Radio uh, Music World Radio thing. Yeah, we are um, we are actually stars uh, with iHeart. I think combined. We make like $15 an hour or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's we have really hit our stride. Now, we each have to work six or seven jobs just to make up uh, for the uh, uh, strange wages that we, that we make. Uh, E-Rock's a prostitute, for fuck's sake. I guess uh, Cluck now works for The Bear... In Fort Wayne. Uh, E-Rock adds, EZ needs to be on a bigger platform. It's criminal how many great broadcasters are not being heard. Oh, no, no. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I'm just waiting. I'm biding my time. It will be uh, in a matter of years that someone who might be able to help me get 100 viewers in one show is going to come a calling. You know? That's what I'm waiting for. And until then, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing right now, earning 12 bucks an hour, uh, voice tracking Big 101.3 in beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan. You know what's remarkable? That uh, of the 12 bucks an hour I make to voice track, uh... I make $5 an hour more to make French fries at Doug's restaurant. (laughs) You have to laugh. All right. This trip down memory lane uh, brought to you by E-Rock. I'm not kidding you. I've said this before and I'll say it again. E-Rock is so astute in our industry. That when I see he's here, I sit up taller. Because I know I've got, I mean, it's awesome to have audience members who love the show. But this guy actually knows what the fuck he's doing. 
So thank you. Welcome. Um, all right. Now, for those of you that are enjoying the show, uh, not on Twitch, that would be Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm about to kick you out. Go to Twitch uh, and sign up. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live or download the Twitch app. Search Eric Zane Live. Sign up there. Send me an email whenever you want on the Shoreliner Striping Inbox. Eric at EricZaneShow.com. I appreciate you. The Patreon is there for you to sign up. It is free for seven days. That has really, really worked out fantastically so that people can give it a test drive. Um, that's all you do is go to patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Sign up free for seven days and then sit back and enjoy. Enjoy the content on, on Patreon. I try to put enough up there so that I can get you through your day in addition to the free podcast. Uh, some of you have jobs that are like, God damn it, I need something to listen to, man. Um, I'm hoping you will try Patreon free for seven days. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Eric Zane. And as always, what I'm doing right now becomes the audio podcast, and you can download it wherever you download shows. E-Rock is here. You can uh, go to Compound Media and sign up, subscribe. It's actually very cheap to subscribe to Compound Media, and there is a, in addition to, of course, the Anthony Cumia show, there is a, a stable of other fantastic shows for you to check out, especially... If you're into people who don't think like me. Oh my God. This is the posture that E-Rock has to assume after every time Anthony tweets. His hands over his face. Oh my God. What a fucking psycho. Jesus Christ. All right. Have a good one for the Twitch audience. It's just you and I. Twitch and Facebook brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EVX. Brought to you by Blue Frost IT. I want to get in the habit of saying X, and I want to get in the habit of saying X, formerly known as Twitter. I, I want to get out of the habit of saying X, formerly known as Twitter. Everybody knows it now. I still think it sucks. I can't figure out why they would do that. Iraq says, be a mensch and subscribe to Compound. Kyle says, why is Anthony a racist? Yes! Sure seems like it to me. E-Rock says, no, subscribe to EZ. Oh, I get you. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate the help. Um, it's, it's taking forever to build a uh, Twitch audience, but it seems to be um, doing better now. Twitch is one of the uh, uh, many things that I'm involved in that, uh, that all help. All these little, all these little things that we do uh, help keep me in business. So thank you very much. Uh, for being part of it. Um, the open and live stream also brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV, 616-532-6600. If you are in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which about 30% of my audience is in Grand Rapids, take your cars there to get them repaired. Any type of work you need done, uh, they will do it. And this isn't like the type of place where you go in there and there's some 
a filthy uh, grease monkey with his ass crack hanging out while the car is up on the lift and he's uh, banging on the brake drum or the discs with uh, a sledgehammer. His hands are filthy. Uh, he hears ding dong. You walk in and then he'll, yeah, wait. Yeah, can you? I, hey, I'm having a problem. I got, yeah, it's going to be three months. Leave the keys. No. This is a professional organization. Veteran, lady, family owned. Centered in the middle of Grand Rapids, three blocks east of US 131 along 44th Street, Irvine's. ERVines.com. 616 532 6600 for Irvine's. Hey, what's up? It's your pal EZ with another amazing partner for the Eric Zane Show podcast, the Eufy Video Lock. Oh my gosh. Smart lock, 2K cam, and doorbell, three-in-one, triple security. You got everything in one device, all right? Rather than install piecemeal, hoping that you got this app, that it's going to work okay in that app, and oh, my God. This is not just for security, but also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. So, you know, like they all have their codes. They walk up to the door, they punch it in, the door unlocks, in they go. And of course, it's a video camera. So it's all there. You can see who shows up at your door. This is fantastic. We live in a golden age for home security. And the Eufy video lock is the top of the heap. Okay, you can go to eufyofficial.com slash video lock for more information. This thing is easy to install. The setup, all you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling or anything like that. All the keyless entry components make it so fantastic. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Amazing. No battery anxiety. You've got the ultimate, I don't know what it is, super lithium whatever that keeps this thing powered for a long long time no monthly fee on this unlike other brands that do that they just bend you over and charge you a monthly fee i love the eufy video lock get to eufyofficial.com slash video lock e-u-f-y official.com slash video lock uh we're gonna bring in kyle from dumpster divers i shouldn't even have said dumpster divers because he hasn't been a full-on sponsor. Well, he hasn't been a sponsor for like a year now. But I like Kyle. I know that's not the best business model, but I enjoy his companionship. And now I know what Joe Martinez is saying. Does that mean I can be on the show too? No, you're not nearly as interesting as Kyle. Besides... I don't want you to buy a dumpster diver's dumpster or rent a dumpster diver's dumpster until uh, he is a sponsor of the show. In fact, if you need to rent a dumpster, you need to call him first and say, I'm going to call AAA dumpster just because you're not advertising on the show. I don't know if that's going to work. All right. Bring him in here. Hey, Zane, dude. Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm good, dude. How you doing? 
I saw your advertisement in the local thrifty nickel or whatever that fucking thing is. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I did. It was in my mailbox, and the back of it was facing up in the mailbox. And so right away, I was like, oh, my God, there it is. It's like a, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's like a two-inch by one-inch ad on the back. And then on the front of it, it's what it is is it looks to be like a, a publication – probably 10 pages, glossy print, uh, thick stock paper, all sorts of uh, ads in it with uh, three stories about what the white people in Hudsonville, Michigan are doing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The funny part is um, part of the reason, and I think it's funny, actually, it's like funny when you think about how people run businesses, but I, the reason that we were kind of interested in doing it is I thought it would be like funny. I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, it's Hudsonville. It's like it's a bunch of white people. So the white people would just love to hear about other white people. So I'm imagining that this this magazine is going to be all over the place. Oh yeah, and it is, baby. It is. That's the first time I've seen the fucking thing. <laughs> well, damn. You know what I mean. And then, and then the articles. The articles are all like, "Let's catch up with the uh, uh, Van Camp family," and you see these. Everybody's blonde. Everybody's beautiful. The whitest people you've ever seen on the planet. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's going to be, I, I have to check and see what it is, but essentially, because um, remember how I was telling you we got screwed kind of on the whole contract part of it? Um, I got pissed about it and it was like me and the um, the guy, that like the sales guy or whatever. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, this ain't cool. Like, this ain't going to fly. And he was like, oh, well, let me, you know. So uh, we got like the time shortened, which is good, um, which is going to help us out with you for sure. But then also they gave us like a free, like we're getting like a huge, like a whole page okay. article where, where it was basically like me writing a bunch of paragraphs. So that's oh. going to pop up at some point. Oh, so, okay. So that's what the, I, I get it now. So this isn't like a journey. This is the whole thing is an advert. Let's catch up with Kyle on his dumpsters. Yeah, basically, in my mind. <laughs> um, so, are you suggesting that when you agreed to market with them, they they're holding you to a contract so that you can't get out of it? It's like either way, you got to pay. Well, so no, so here the, here's the crazy part. This this is where it gets crazy. So we initially um, were advertising in like Ada or something like that in like a different like version of the magazine okay. with a different, right. different, uh, different, different guy. I see. And this, yeah. And this dude was like a hardcore, like I swear he was just slamming cocaine like every 20 minutes. You know what I mean? He was just wild. Right. So we did that, but then he just like disappeared off the face of the earth. Like probably, I don't know, death or, you know, like smuggling. I don't know what that, he just disappeared. Okay. We didn't know what the fuck was. Uh huh. What's that? Yeah. I was just and saying, uh huh. Okay, and then so then we transferred to Hudsonville, but when we transferred to Hudsonville, which they said we could do all along, uh, we're like, yeah, we want to transfer this same contract so it'll be done after like a total of nine months, which had been like a long fucking time ago. And um, but somehow when they transferred over, they're like, oh no, it's a brand new contract for fucking like a. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? So, anyways, long story short, battles and we kind of won. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, there you go. That's, uh, I've, I saw your cute little ad and, uh, there you go. Your, your, your money is better spent with me telling everybody to fuck off if they don't rent a dumpster to average dumpster. 
That's, you, that, you, I, I agree, dude. That is, <laughs> hey, if you don't use this dumpster company, you're an asshole. That's that's the ad, you know. That's what I you got to do. Straight up, like that's <laughs> like once we once uh, this unnamed company gets like huge, and you, you get to see like national advertisements across the country or whatever. Yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be your boy. It's gonna be your boy Kyle, and I'm gonna be fucking writing those commercials, and they're gonna be hilarious and to the point, just like that. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, question coming in from the audience. Uh, I think they're suspecting you might be a little loopy. The question is, have you ever heard of a, uh, of an incident that happened in American history, uh, called nine 11? Yeah, I did. I did hear about it. <laughs> How old were you on September 11th? I've probably asked you this before. Uh, I was in uh, seventh grade, so fucking 12, maybe 11, 12. You were, somewhere you, in there. you were right here in West Michigan. Yeah. Yep. I was in, uh, I was in Wyoming. I was actually when it happened, I was in uh science class. Well, we had just gotten into science class and the teacher wasn't there yet. And then he like, wasn't there when the bell rang and then he fucking like burst in the door and he was like, we ain't doing science today. Check this shit out. And we, we just kind of watched the whole thing go down. Wow. So were both buildings struck at that point when he, when he said, no, oh. yeah, no, we uh, he, just, the first one was, and then we, we saw the second one live and we were like, Oh shit. You know, you know you're like 12. So you, you know, you're, you, you're like going to freak out about it. So it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Wow. Wow. My God. And then, uh, so would you, were you like traumatized from that? That seems horrible that a teacher would say, Hey, let's watch everybody jump out of the buildings. Well, yeah, so, okay, so, yeah, I would say probably ill-advised on his part, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was probably like, like, what's going on, you know what I mean? Like, this is an important event in, like, history, so the kids should watch it or whatever. I think that he probably did not suspect another building would be smoked and people would start jumping out of windows and stuff. But, yeah, you're right, like, it is pretty ill-advised. But, no, I wasn't traumatized. I was just like, yeah, this is pretty fucked up, but, you know, this, it makes sense, you know? Yeah, what a fucking asshole teacher. Is he still around? Jesus. I don't know. He was actually, he was like one of the better teachers of the school. He was yeah, pretty cool. Fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> okay, man, here we are. You predicted that the Lions would score 21 points last week. They did, and they won. Uh, well, that- so, okay, so that was the joke. That's when I texted you. So I said that they were going to win by 21 points because I was being a fucking asshole. Oh, and I was like, yeah, okay. Maybe. I was like, so they, so that's when I texted you. I was like, well, I did say 21 points, LOL. But yeah, so I, I was fucking wrong, but we got that win, baby. And I was fucking jacked up, dude. I didn't sleep much that night. I was so excited. I know. Yeah, straight up. We um, we went over to um, Blue's parents' house, and they weren't even there, actually. So it was just us watching it at their house for some reason. They got a sweet-ass big TV. But, so we were, we, were, um, we were watching it, and then um, Jame- Jameson, he went to sleep. And so, you know, uh, Blue went in the room to make sure he was all asleep, and then she passed out. So I was just, like, all alone watching the game, and I'm like, fuck, like, everybody's sleeping. So when shit... When shit gets crazy, like, what am I supposed to do? I was yelling anyways, dude. I don't care. <laughs> I'm stoked, man. I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to get too uh, wound up about it, but um, now after they get that one out of the way, that, that uh, in theory, is their toughest test of the whole year. 
You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what like that's what I was thinking too. Because whenever I would go through like simulations of the schedule in my mind, I was always like, okay, they're probably not going to lose to the Chiefs. But then the one time I was like, you know what? They're going to fucking beat the Chiefs. I had them going thirteen and four. So let's see what happens, baby. There's no reason why they can't win all their games. Uh, I'm telling you. I know it sounds ridiculous. Well, people would say that thirteen and four sounds ridiculous. But fuck that. Now we got to win. We got to run the fucking table. Yeah, dude. Fucking. Yeah, I would say yeah, fuck that. I say fuck that too. Yeah, because I mean, you're, you're right. So, I mean, straight up, we, we beat the freaking Chiefs. Now our defense is like the way that the defense operated, which was like very like bend, don't break, you know, but like also like we just didn't let a lot of crazy shit happen except for like a couple minutes there in the second quarter. But like, it reminded me a lot of, and I don't know if you remember like specific teams, but it reminded me of the 2014 lions where like our defense was just always good. Like it was just, we never had like, Oh, we're getting fucked up moments. We were just like fucking other people yeah. up with our yeah, defense, yeah, yeah. but our offense was not as great that year. So if we can have a fucking good offense this year too, do it. Yeah. Then I'm with you. We should let's win all these fucking things. Um, no one's talking about the unbelievable defensive performance by the New York Jets. They don't even fucking need Aaron Rodgers. Their defense, they can win nine games this year with their defense. You know, that was the lost story and everything with all the thing about Aaron Rodgers destroying his Achilles tendon, which is the, cra- <laughs> the craziest fucking thing in the world to me that after all of that, he gets four plays and he's done for the year. My God. <laughs> I know. And like straight up, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's funny, but not funny for in the same time. And it's funny because it's Aaron Rodgers and fuck Aaron Rodgers. And you know, you shouldn't be like a cocky fucking asshole 24 seven all the time. But on the, on the other side of it, here he is like trying to be like a spiritual dude this summer. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go do drugs in the fucking woods. I'm going to fucking be in the darkness and make my decision, which actually like personally as a human being, I'm like, hell yeah, dude, that's cool. Dude, go fucking go do your thing in the woods. dude. Yeah. Figure it out. Okay. But now he made the wrong fucking decision apparently because he's <laughs> fucking the karma came and got him and said, Fuck that, dude. that was so <laughs> fucked up, man. My God. The weirdest part when I was like, okay, so he, hurts his Achilles tendon or whatever. And then he just pops up and stand. I don't understand why he was like, just like standing up. He's like looking at the sideline. Just, he was like totally chill. And then he was like, ah, okay, I'll, I'll fall down. I'm like, if I'm tearing my Achilles tendon, I think what you would see is me ro- like literally rolling on the ground all yeah. over the whole field screaming. <laughs> now, uh, what, what I have read about the Achilles is there's not a lot of, um, uh, nervous t- tissue like, uh, or, or oh, it's, okay. a, it's, it's a thick, hard tendon. And when it does go, the noise and the shock is, oh, my God. And um, But it's not exactly the most intense pain you're going to have. But your foot doesn't work anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I guess that does make sense. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm pretty, I'm pretty slow and, um, like not very athletic. So I don't think I can even move my body fast enough to tear anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know it, but sometimes it's just the simplest things and your and your Achilles goes, and then that's it. You're not going to move for one year. Enjoy that. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot even imagine. You know, yeah, I didn't even, I don't, so you're saying like, what was the score of that game? Do you, the, the Jets actually have a good defense that you're saying? Oh, yeah. In fact, I forgot the guy's name, but uh, one dude had three interceptions. Not not the guy that everybody s- said should. I don't know shit about shit, but 
their 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 uh, defensive secondary is fantastic, and they they caused uh, 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 Josh Allen to play like shit the whole game. Oh hell yeah, dude! Cool. Well, and, I mean, I, I, do we don't play the do we play the Jets this year? I don't, I don't fucking. Know. I don't know. I don't know that we do. <laughs> but it was cool to see them win, and their quarterback is known as the Milf Hunter. Um, yeah, all fucking yeah, Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah for sure. he's a guy. Didn't he bang his is his mom's best friend? Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think his fucking mom awesome, his mom dude. said, "Hey, have sex with my son" or some shit like. Can you imagine that? How horrible that would be. Can you imagine, Kyle, if you were having sex with your mom's best friend? You know what the worst part is, and um, I hope nobody that fucking is my mom's friend ever listens to this show, but, like, here's what pisses me off about the world, dude, is, like, you hear these stories, and, you know, there's, there's you know, there's the porn world out there that gives you, like, false hopes, but then you, you end up me, like, you're me in your life, and then all of your mom's friends are just fucking fat, ugly people, and you're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, like I'm never, who am I going to bone, dude? Nobody, dude. I just got to fucking... Go out there in the wild and try to find a milf, which never happened. So you know, whatever. Well, what's inter- <laughs> what's interesting, and that that's a good point because um, women now who are like when I was growing up, and if I were to encounter a friend of my mother's who's in her forties or fifties, they looked like they were eighty or ninety. Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> now older women. Women stay attractive for a longer amount of time these days than they did back then. If you're a 29-year-old woman in 1979, you look like a big bag of shit. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, back then, I think people were, like, railing cigs 24-7. Oh, yeah, more often, people were so fucked up. I mean, my God. <laughs> and now um, you can be attractive uh, for a much longer amount of time because women, I don't know what the fuck happened. There's like a... It's like an unbelievable trend in a good direction, you know? For sure. No, you're right. And the funny thing is, like, I've actually thought about that in a non, like, non, like, thinking about women type way. Like, I thought about this when I was younger, actually, like, in high school, like, when you get to middle school and get to high school. Like, to me, every generation or, like, every year, like, people just generally look younger. You know what I mean? Right, like, I right. Like when, I, when I first got to high school, I was like, these seniors look fucking old, dude. Yeah. And when I, when I was a senior, I was like, I still pretty much look like a freshman. I exactly. Feel like, you know what I mean? I still feel like a ninth grader right now. <laughs> well, hell yeah, dude. Well, like, if you think about it, um, nowadays, every day we have another story about a hot teacher banging a student. When I was growing up, there isn't, I would, I would be more like my female teachers were so ugly. I was more attracted to the men teachers than I were, than I was the female teachers. It was that bad. They're fucking ugly as shit. Uh, so, okay. So, so now we're finding the root cause of, of the Eric Zane wanting to maybe suck a cock. We're finding the root cause. Now we're going all the way back to school, baby. And you're like, you know what? I might bone one of these dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a better chance that I was going to have sex with Mr. Petrocella. Than I was, uh, whoever, you know, I got yeah, straight up dude. Like, and this is funny too, because you know, the related, like what I was just talking about, my mom's friends, like out, like middle school, like, you know, right when you're coming into like, you're fucking like, yeah, dude, like chicks, baby, all the te- I mean, we got like this one fucking lady who you can like see through her hair. You know what I mean? Cause you don't oh. have any fucking hair. Really? You got fucking these big, huge fat people. Like, Teachers, 
pulling down the hallway, <laughs> fucking knocking kids. You know what I mean? It's just like no fucking hot teachers, and I'm so I'm right there with you, dude. And it's like, yeah. what the like? Where's the hot people? Yeah, dude? they're not they're not in West Michigan, maybe nowadays. Uh, you know, from uh, age six up is an opportunity for a boy to get laid. I know. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, I kid you not. When I the um when I went to high school, that was what two thousand three, two thousand four. I think that was the first year. The year we got to ninth grade, a sixth grader got pregnant in the school <laughs> that we just came from. And I was like, eleven, dude. She's fucking pounding at eleven, dude. I, but then, like, so. I'm only 14 at this time, so in my head I'm like, damn, dude, like, where were these chicks when I was in sixth grade? But on the flip <laughs> side of it, I, if you have a kid in sixth grade, you're probably fucked for who knows how long. Probably forever, dude. Oh, I cannot imagine having a kid <laughs> when you're 11, 12 years old. Jesus Christ. Yeah, just imagine being like 16 at your kid's fifth birthday party. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, just the, you're just like I want to fucking party, and they're like I want to fucking party, and you're well, like, yeah, the we're fact, basically the same. You know, if 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 mom's fifty, the kid's thirty nine. <laughs> what, right? what the fuck? Oh man, it's, that's yeah. There's just weird situations. So yeah, you're right. Now, I mean, nowadays that was 2003, 2004. We're twenty years later now. Yeah, there's probably you know seven, eight year olds out there going like, hey, you know, what do you pay me? And it's like, what oh, the yeah. fuck? Get the fuck yes. out of here. Yes. <laughs> And the and it's all the internet's fault. All these kids do is get it all from the internet, and um, but the internet's not going anywhere. You know who pisses me off the most is people who say, "Yeah, uh, let's go and unplug and get away from the internet," and uh, and it's like, no, the internet is awesome. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, it's 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 better than everything in the world. If I'm at the Grand Canyon looking down. And I see something interesting on my phone. Fuck that Grand Canyon. That's going to be there forever. I got to read this shit right now. I, straight up, I, I think about this. Well, actually, not all the time because it'd be stupid of me to think about this all the time. But like sometimes I'll think about how weird it is to think back to high school. Like when we had to do like research projects, we had to fucking walk our asses down to the library and like get the encyclopedias out and then like oh. basically say all the shit that was in the encyclopedias in our paper. But yeah, nowadays it's like, it'd be like, you just fucking hop on the internet and just, you probably just typing in whatever and putting it into your paper. And the teachers probably at this point can't even tell what's real and what's not anymore either. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Not only that, they can just go and download a paper if they want. And I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, libraries. You know, people have been like uh, doing all that book banning and shit like that. And some people are oh, like, yeah. And I think it was Nick who said, you know, fucking fuck the library. Uh, we, we don't even need it anymore. Is that do you think that's true? Do you think we even need libraries anymore? Oh, geez. Um, on a... I, oh, fuck. That's a fucking good question, Eric. You know why? Because it's like, what, you know, what does the library stand for? You know what I mean? Because it's like you could take away the library, and I feel like it'd be like similar to like almost like if you took away fucking like the lunchroom or something. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you can still eat, just not in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, it's like, a, like a thing, you know? So yeah. I don't know. But you're right. Because I guess here's, here's the funny side of it. Um, if, if all the libraries and all the schools went away, then. Uh, the employment rate of like old mean bitchy ladies is going to go down drastically, dude. And then they're going to get fucking That's pissed. True. And there's going to be a, there's going to be a huge movement, dude. Uh, <laughs> Dan says old people and the homeless need the library. 
Oh, come on. Uh, that's, another, yeah, uh, yeah, that's another reason <laughs> to not go to the library. I don't want to go yeah, to the library. Yeah, okay, great. And then uh, Corey says... <laughs> Corey yeah, says, "This is gonna be old people and homeless people. Yeah, it's not. It's not a calling card for me. No. It's not making me want to go there. That place is gonna smell like shit." Uh, Corey, <laughs> Corey, Corey says, "The homeless people just jack off in libraries." <laughs> that's, it. that's literally what I was just thinking. It was like I was gonna say, number one, like I don't think old people are. I mean, I don't know this for sure because I don't go to libraries, but. Are old people going to libraries? I feel like they're barely getting out of their houses, and if right. they are, they're running they're running over mailboxes and shit, and yep. barely and barely getting there. But you're right, the homeless people in the library. Oh, for sure, dude. They're just jacking off right into the pages. Yeah, dude. that's yeah. They're they just, open up the book, jizz in the book, and then they smash it like a fucking sub sandwich and put it back. <laughs> Yeah, they, I think they call that uh, a literary um, Danish in the homeless community. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know, I, I I really like the uh, the 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 silly nature of how we get to these points. If you were to plot out our conversation in a, a kind of like a, a schematic, um, it would be interesting to see how we got to the point where twenty minutes ago I was saying hello, and twenty one minutes later we're talking about jizzing in a book and sma- <laughs> putting it, closing it, and putting it back on the shelf. Yeah, how do we get there? And you know, as you were just think, saying that, I was just thinking about like, imagine this, Eric Zane. Like, imagine like you and I do this for, like a long fucking time, right? We're just like, like we're on the air right now, so we fucking like have to continually talk, so there's not like awkward space. But then, like, what if we got so used to that that like I was just like hanging out with you in real life, and we like had this weird like cognitive dissonance that we could not stop talking, and we just fucking we just talked to each other for like four hours straight because we just had to oh yeah yeah we would have to keep moving so if we were in the same spot and then like let's say we were at my house and you were just hanging out like my wife would throw herself out of the window so we'd have to like say hey kyle and i are gonna go for like a four-hour walk and that's what we would do and then it would the the walk would probably get struck by cars because we'd be having so much fun we'd wander out in the street and get killed it's possible, you know what I mean. I, I I feel like if you if you're in a good conversation, most of the time you're like sitting down. But if you're not, yeah, you don't even know where the fuck you are. Like right now, I've just been walking around the office aimlessly. Yeah, as I'm on this conversation. That's exactly I don't right. Know how many times I've been back and forth? You it, know it's I mean? remarkable. Some if there was a, you could put a camera on you, people would just be like, oh, he's talking to that fucking moron again. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, give my best to everybody there. I hope you find a lot of shit in the dumpster. And, uh, yeah, go Lions Sunday. Host Seattle. It's going to be loud as fuck. Yeah, dude, get ready for those ski masks, baby. Um, well, if the, if the fucking security team will let... I bet you the security team will bum the fuck everybody out. Yeah. You can't wear those fucking masks. Because the so idea... Maybe. I, 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 think, I think the guy, the one guy for the team, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he was walking around the locker room wearing a blue ski mask, telling everybody hey get these ski masks and so now everybody's buying the fucking ski masks they're gonna wear them inside yeah i know that's what i'm saying you know like on like like friday or like saturday the security team they're like all hands on deck we're having a fucking meeting get in here and then you know they're just gonna be telling them if you see anybody with a mask you fucking kick your ass out and you're like come on dude i hope not why would they why would they do that i don't understand straight up one time this is like totally unrelated i'm saying but me and my dad went to an alice cooper concert one time at um uh what's that casino mount pleasant uh Um, soaring eagle 
Soaring Eagle, yeah. So we went to an Alice Cooper concert, and we were, like, kind of front row. So that, for me, means I'm going to dress up like Alice Cooper and, like, paint my face and wear a wig and okay. shit like that. Yeah. And then afterwards, they would not let me into the casino because they're like, yeah, you can't have that shit on because <laughs> we can't see your face, so you're going to rob us. And I'm like, what? Dude? Like, So they made me go take it off. So anyways, point being, I feel like the security team is going to be like, oh, yeah, we're we're going to be all fucked up. If you have the mask on, we're going to, you know, whatever. Right. Right. Security teams. Uh, Dave says, maybe it's just me, but ski mask for Detroit lions fans. Maybe not the best look. Well, I don't know. I mean, who gives a shit? It's uh, it's, it's at the football game. Who, who cares? I mean, yes. Uh, those people might wear those to rob banks in the area, but they're not going to, I mean, come on now. I love it. Yeah, I no, want I'm, one. I'm totally with you. I want one. Okay. All right, dude. Uh, be safe out there, and I will talk to you very soon. All right. Love you guys. Yeah, man. Love you, too. That is uh, Kyle from Dumpster Divers. He is awesome. God, I have fun talking to that guy. We could just go on and on and on, talking about nothing. He is what you call a yes and guy. You know? He can do a morning show. I really believe that. Well, uh, I, I shouldn't say a morning show on the radio. He'd get fired because he'd swear. But uh, who cares? He's joining me here. I love that guy. Uh, okay. So your old pal, has uh, EZ, has to go tinkle. Stay right there. Talk amongst yourselves. Have fun. And uh, I'll be back. Uh, interesting conversation on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast to, uh, Linda was, who do you hate more, Justin or Jamingo? And she said, well, Justin's just an idiot. He's not steeped in hate. Justin is who I prefer 10 out of 10 times. Ashley asks Linda, you have to marry Justin or Jizz? Who's it going to be? She said, Justin, gross. I agree with that. If I had to choose between having sex with Jamingo or Justin, I would have sex with Justin. All right. That's where I stand on all of that. Hey, guys, do you remember on the show earlier when uh, we were having a discussion with... Amanda, who created a uh, fat people support group so that we could make uh, good food choices and exercise a little more to try to stay healthy and live a long, healthy life and lose a little weight. She called it fraudulent fatties. And then she abandoned the group. <clears throat> First, she started with, hey, everybody, guys, well, I'm exercising. I did a workout today. I'm only eating protein pastries. <laughs> And then now, here we are, days removed, and she's offering us nothing but bullshit excuses. Do you guys remember that? Look, and you see, she said, there, oh, yeah, well, it was busy. It was a shit show week. Uh, aside from everyone in your uh, uh, inner circle dying and, and you're having to deal with all the funerals, which didn't happen, that's the only excuse that's uh, uh, acceptable. There are no acceptable excuses 
for uh, what went on there. None. I don't buy any of that. No more bullshit from you. You created the group so that we could all uh, work together, and then you bailed on the group and offered us nothing but excuses. Okay? Get your head in the game, jerk. My God, you can't be days into it and then all gung-ho and then you fucking AWOL us. Some more uh, Mary Kill Fuck suggestions. Justin, Jismongo, or Smugbeer? Uh, Linda says, well, kill Jismongo, obviously. We know Smugbeer is not a great husband, so I'd have to suffer through effing him and marry wet pee mouth Justin. Now I need a shower. Wow. Maureen is on board describing Amanda as the definition of fraudulent. I think she's describing Amanda as fraudulent. Let's see. Easy. In your gay life, What's your answer? Uh, kill just Mongo. See, what I love about this game is you have to explain and justify. Kill just Mongo for obvious reasons. I would have sex. I would F Justin. And I would marry Freebeer. Okay, now why? First of all, Justin, um, well, he might be a pretty good lay and I could donkey punch him. And marry Freebeer because I could then every day make his life miserable. And boy, would I, I'd poison him. Describing Justin as having a tiny meth weenie is hilarious. So that's my uh, Mary F. Kill. Jismongo, Justin, and Freebeer. I would absolutely do that, Do those things. Kill Jismongo. Get him out of the society. Everybody's better off. Have a passionate love making with Justin. Donkey punch him. And then I would marry Freebeer. And stay with him for the rest of my life. And just have a party. It would be so much fun. <clears throat> All right. So stupid. All so dumb. Advertise on the Eric Zane Show podcast. Uh, reach out to me, eric at ericzaneshow.com, and I will tell you how. I'll put you in front of thousands of people each and every week. It's very simple. Just send me an email, and I'll talk you through it. Reach out to me in the Shoreliners Strifing Inbox, eric at ericzaneshow.com. Advertisers like Frank Fuss from My Policy Shop Insurance. 
Um, now I want to talk, I've talked about health insurance and Medicare and social security and healthcare.gov, but it's also important to establish a life insurance policy. That's what my dad did. He sold life insurance. When I was 18, I bought my first policy for me. And, uh, I've continued to do that. I've always had a healthy amount of life insurance. Basically, if the queen, if I died, the queen of the forest would be set for life. She will not have to work another day ever. You should do that too. Look into a life insurance policy with Frank Fuss. And uh, seriously, uh, the uh, small amount of money you pay um, goes a long way with peace of mind, knowing that if something happens to you, your family is taken care of. You should especially consider this. Just do it if you are getting married or married or have children. Get a life insurance policy. Frank Fuss from My Policy Shop Insurance will do just that. He will shop the best policies for you and present them to you, and then you pick. How much does it cost you to have Frank do this for you? Zero. Nothing. It's one of my favorite things in the world, the fact that Frank has these great services, getting you in a life insurance policy, getting you in your health care, uh, and you don't pay him. You just pay for the policy like anybody else would. Okay? Uh, do not go cheap on insurance. And frankly, you can get a ton of insurance for like next to nothing. Some of these term policies are just spectacular, especially if you're super preferred, like your old pal EZ. You get the most in return because you live a healthy life. And, uh, well, maybe not now being that I'm a fraudulent fat fuck, but it's the same policy that's, they don't change it on you. Reach out to Frank today at my policy shop. Dot com. If you're in the market for a mortgage, one person you should call from anywhere in the United States is Mario. Trust this man named Mario, the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Anywhere in the United States, get your mortgage through Mario, 231-332-6505. Call today. Whether it's your first mortgage, your 10th, whether you're getting some money out of your home that you've lived in for quite some time, you want to pay uh, some bills, maybe do some home improvements, maybe get a new pool cover for your money pit pool in the backyard, 231-332-6505 for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Thank you very much. Uh, don't forget to hire me on Cameo, cameo.com slash Eric Zane. I wonder if the one I did yesterday is available to review. Uh, you can book me for a cameo for just 20 bucks. This is what you do. Go to cameo.com uh, slash Eric Zane. And there I am. You can look, you can select the video type birthday question, advice, pep talk, click uh, pep talk, and then hire me to give Amanda one. You can go uh, a roast, fantasy football, other. Okay. 
Hire me and have me insult you. I can tell your husband to get out. I can call your loved ones. uh, I can tell your loved ones that you're pregnant. I guess I don't have the one from yesterday up. I wish I did. It was so much fun. I, I don't know what the fuck they do. These are all old as shit. Anyway, cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Just 20 bucks. Great fun. Uh, shoot like a dollar 50 a week and get you a hundred thousand dollars. Says Zippo Zane. Mm. Don't recognize the name, but welcome. All right. Ton of other things that I wanted to get into today that I haven't even touched on. Have you ever heard of a dog called a Bel- Belgium Malin- Malinois? Malinois? I don't know. It looks like a German Shepherd, kind of. Belgium. And then the la- the second word is M-A-L-I-N-O-I-S. Does anyone know how to spell it? Belgium Malinois? I think that's how you say it. But this is the smartest, most skilled most athletic dog on the planet. These dogs are known for their sniffing ability, their leaping ability, their brains. Tactically, they are perfect for law enforcement. And um, in fact, that fugitive who just got busted. Hold on. let Let me back up here. This is the uh, this is the Belgian Malinois right here. It looks a lot like a German Shepherd. Ma- uh, Malinois, Belgian Malinois. Okay, this is the dog that busted the escape fugitive from Pennsylvania. Remember that guy that climbed that fucking wall, you know, to get out of the prison. Which what a what a design flaw on the prison there. Who I think someone else had escaped a similar way. Well, uh, he ended up getting caught. His name is uh, something Cavalcante, right? Isn't that his name? Well, Cavalcante's uh, wandering around, and this the dog caught him. And look at what the dog did to him. It bit his fucking face off. Actually, the dog uh, bit his scalp. And he was bleeding all over. He wasn't really hurt that bad. They finally caught the fucker. Uh, here's another picture you need to see of him. Look at He's laying on the ground with all these badasses that look like they're getting to go kill Osama bin Laden. And the dog is right at his feet. Look at the look on the dog's face. The dog is like, move one more time, motherfucker. I dare you. I dare you to move. Oh, my God. I love that. Here he is again. Look at the dog. He's got a hold of the guy's feet. Nobody gets hurt. They catch the bad guy. I would love to be the dog handler. One of these guys who um, realizes you got him, you know, and then six the dog on him. Now, uh, a little bit more to this story. It was by pure luck that he was caught. He's wearing a Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt. Dan says dogs don't like Eagles fans. So this is somewhere in Philadelphia. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But 
Um, it was pure luck that this guy was found. And here's what happened. Some dude, a resident um, in a neighborhood is in his house and he's going to go out for a smoke. And he had already set his alarm. So he opened the door and his alarm went off. And while he's getting ready to, while he's dismantling it, all the cops there that are in the area, the general area looking for this Cavalcante dude, um, who is a convicted murderer. Um, the cops start racing towards where the alarm was going off because it, it notifies dispatch. And you know, like if my alarm goes off, if I dismantle it or turn it off, uh, I'll get a phone call and they'll say, Hey, everything. Okay. Yes. Yes. I, we, we see you, uh, disarmed your, I go, yeah, yeah, that was me. Oh, okay. Thanks. What is your code word? I give them the code word. Well, they skipped all that shit with dispatch and the guy goes out to get a smoke and he sets his alarm off accidentally, completely unrelated. Well, the cops start driving towards the area as I understand this. And then, so they're all in the area. And then one of the uh, helicopters starts going towards that area and they have, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Sensitive, um, heat, like signature. Like if you're a person in the woods at night, it's like uh, predator. Remember that movie predator? You can sense the heat. Uh, Eric Zane code word is foot Jack. Corey says. Um, so the helicopter sees something that looks weird hiding and not moving. So they send these, uh, uh, Rambo fuckers over there with this crazy fucking dog. And they go, yeah, we think you got him. Uh, let the dog loose. Arr, 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 arr. And, uh, attacks the fucker bites his head. And then they got him. There's more to this story that I want to get to. I know some of you want to get into. Um, in fact, I'll just get into it now. Um, after they capture the guy, all of these badasses, and there's a story here that's it. it uh, I'll link it up. It says how a late night cigarette break led authorities right to escape prisoner Danello Cavalcante's hiding place. So that's that's how it went down. But. So you've got these uh, dozen or two dozen or so uh, army guys tracking him down. And um, afterwards, you know, like when you uh, make a big drug score, they end up uh, taking a picture of like the, uh, the good guys um, after they, you know, get the drugs and they, they're all, and maybe they'll take a picture of the bad guy. Remember when, um, who was that drug drug lord in uh, uh, Medellin? Um, his name was uh, Pedro something. He had uh, all the hippopotamuses. That that show Narcos was based on him. God damn it! And he ended, they ended up uh, catching him, and then they killed him and took a bunch of pictures around. They go, yeah, fuck yeah, we got him. If I know his first name is Pedro. <sighs> fuck, eighties. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, In my brain, I keep thinking Hershey bar. Pedro Hershey bar. Corey says his first name is Pablo. Escobar! 
Pablo Escobar, Pedro Hershey bar. What an asshole. Fuck. Damn it. By the way, uh, Bob of Oliver says that they were getting a little, this was getting a little too close for comfort, only about 40 miles away from where I am. Yeah. Jesus. Well, check this out. All these badasses gathered around the bad guy. Like, uh, the bad guy is here in the gray, Cavalcante, and here's the dog that bit his head. <laughs> All these guys, and here's the uh, the the cop taking the smile. <laughs> I love that. And now, because everyone's a pussy, experts are saying that was inappropriate. Bullshit. No. They should have um, shot a video live on FaceTime of every one of those guys stomping that motherfucker out. That would have been appropriate. Fuck that guy. I don't like that we live in a world where people are like, oh, I said I'm appropriate. Show some compassion. Oh my God. This is terrible. Taking a picture with a convicted murderer who was on the run with a high-powered rifle after stealing a truck, stealing a van, and yeah, oh my god, we gotta think about him. He's a victim. You assholes. Police experts said the celebratory moment after the grueling 14-day search for the armed suspect was inappropriate and dehumanizing. God damn it. That is ridiculous. Bruce is having a shit fit over here. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Uh, They're proud of their work. I'm not bothered at all by the fact that they took a photograph with him in custody, said Police Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens. Focused on the uh, authorities' hard work under trying circumstances. Policing experts said the practice of snapping photos, especially after a successful arrest, is not uncommon, but has become more prevalent with the advent of smartphones, while many law enforcement agencies have tried to create conduct guidelines for social media use, including barring posts to personal pages while wearing a uniform. Okay, great. But so what? So what that they did this? Uh, All right, there's a long, boring article that goes along with this. Niles Wilson, the senior director of law enforcement initiatives at the Center for Policing Equity and a retired police captain in Newark, New Jersey, says these celebratory photos are reminiscent of photos taken during the Civil War era depicting police brutalizing people in order to suppress them. Way different. I'm shocked you are retired blue. You are a disgrace to policing with that comment there, you asshole. It's not appropriate. It's not ethical. It's really inhumane. It is? So, okay, uh, the police dog just ate this guy's face off. No problem. It's the picture that's the problem. You got this. Both of those things are fine, by the way. Wilson said, I wish I could give you a reason that this happens. 
in my law enforcement experience, I know how amped up police can get, but that's not an excuse to mistreat someone. My God. That's embarrassing. Uh, Meanwhile, let's take a look at the Belgium Malinois in action. All right. Here we go. Video check, audio check. It starts with this dog having the ability to balance a cup of water on its head while it's walking. Are you kidding me? Listen to this music. This is like the, this is the type of music that, you know, some of our patriots in the United States listen to while they're beating up black people. Watch this jump. Now, if you're listening to the audio podcast, I'm sorry, but we're about to see a Belgian Melanois jump about what looks to be 30 feet. Look at that fucker. He just keeps going. Watch this. He's going to jump on this guy's back and then climb this like 50 foot wall. Okay, he didn't climb the wall there, but he was way high in the air. Look at him. Hi, everybody. Look at me. I'm awesome. But it's slowing track. My God. God forbid if there's a car there. I love this one. The dog's walking up the wall. Oh my God. How? How is this happening? This is not a dog that you get to keep as a pet him right during the run okay all they'll do is just if you're not like taking the dog uh out for a run or to bite somebody's balls off or to climb a mountain or to climb a wall it's just gonna attack you jesus uh all right so there you go that is the belgian malinois Love that. Dan says, can he hold a basketball? I see a new league forming. Folks, thank you to A&E Heating and Cooling. Joe Martinez, one of my favorite people on the planet, uh, is the man, and he wants to service your furnace during this upcoming uh heating season if you just flip on the furnace for god's sake um you're doing a a disservice you could damage your equipment it could blow up on you for god's sake and then you're you're left buying a brand new one from joe uh get it serviced 
Twice a year is when you should see Joe. See him when it's uh, getting ready to start keeping your house warm and to keep your house cool. Tuning up the AC and the furnace. 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling. That's 616-516-8579. Uh, oh, this is great. I do want to get to this. I've been meaning to, so this might go a little long. I was sent a uh, TikTok video from a creator going over a story about a cop who um, was responding to a call and he was driving way too fast down a road and he struck and killed a 23-year-old young lady pedestrian. Horrible. Uh, Another cop who was involved with as a first responder or whatever uh, was involved in this. And then he was on the phone or something like that with dispatch. Not sure what. In fact, I'm just going to let her tell the story. This is, this is, okay, this is going to steal asshole of the day right here. Audio check, video check, let us begin. Officer Dan Arterer with the Seattle Police Department is on blast after his own body cam footage was released to the public showing his complete disregard and disrespect for a 23-year-old woman who was hit and killed by another Seattle police officer. It all started back in January of 2023 when another officer, Officer Kevin Dave, was responding to an unrelated overdose call. He was traveling 74 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone and hit and killed a 23-year-old grad student who was using the crosswalk. Officer Arterer was assigned to the case to establish whether or not Officer Dave was under any type of influence when he hit and killed the woman. Be warned, what you're about to hear is truly disgusting and hard to hear. I think she went up on the hood, hit the windshield. Then when he hit the brakes, flew off the car. But she is dead. (laughs) No, it's a regular person. Yeah. Yeah, just write a check. Just... $11,000. $11,000. She was 26 anyway. She had limited value. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. What to do? Oh, no. I can just imagine what that guy is uh, is thinking. The cop. At the moment in time when he realizes what he is saying is being recorded. There was probably a little, oh, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then, oh, well, maybe no one will notice. And I'm just curious the backstory of how this came to light because no one knows he's saying that. So he's whoever he's talking to his supervisor there, I guess, 
who I think made the first joke when he said, yeah, she is dead. The supervisor, you notice that then he's listening. The supervisor said something first that made him laugh. So the supervisor should be in trouble too. Or, I mean, I know that that's horrible, but I don't think anything criminal happened there. I think in the court of public opinion, these people are doomed. But uh, I think that that might be enough. Um, I, I honestly don't know if there's anything that can happen to this guy. I don't know if you can just be um, uh, taking people off the job because they say obnoxiously rude and terrible things at inappropriate times. I, I don't know if that's the world that we need to be living in. You know, terrible, yeah. Dark, the darkest. More than one person has said something similar to a lot of times people in those fields respond horribly. Tyler says, I will say, having been in this world, first responders develop a very dark sense of humor over time, but this one is a little much. Donut Dan said, I would guess that the other person on the phone asked if it was a homeless person. Nick says there was a great episode of Theos Vaughn's pod, Theo Theo Vaughn's podcast, I guess, with the retired cop. He said they deal with all shit they witness with real dark humor. Nate says, I mean, it's no kids eating vaginas, but it's still a joke. Yeah, I, that's, um, I don't know, man. Uh, th- uh, th- this new person I don't recognize is this crimson chin says, you're telling me there's corrupt police officers. I'm shocked. Well, I don't, I don't think there's anything corrupt involved in that. I think it was just horrible. You know, I don't think that that was, uh, uh, yeah, that was absolutely horrible. But I, I don't think I can go out on a limb, enough of a limb, and say this guy's life should be over. He should be fired. I don't know if I can do that. Ugly? Yes. I think that at the end of the day, though, a stupid comment like that involving something that was seen uh, horrible like that, uh, that if you... Get down to brass tacks. That guy is not um, w- wishing anybody to die and would always respond appropriately. I, I give a cop uh, benefit of the doubt in most in- instances, an opportunity to explain. So I would need to hear that first before I uh, lay down, drop the hammer on this guy, you know. Grimson Ch- uh, Chin says, <clears throat> excuse me. I should have said pieces of shit police officers. Well, I, I, you know, come on now. I'm sure that there's, at the end of the day, uh, most police officers would do the right thing. Sure, you will get corrupt cops, but I'm not going to go ahead and paint with a, a broad stroke. I haven't walked a step in a first responder's shoes. Very easy to attack the police. And lump them in together. But we all know deep down that it's dangerous to do that. 
Just like you wouldn't say all podcasters are evil pieces of shit. You know? Dan says, police, fire, EMS, and the military do deal with tragedy in dark ways. I know from experience that bad humor is sometimes a coping mechanism. Dan, for years, was a cop. I forget where. Was it Grand Rapids? Were you Grand Rapids cop? Crimson Chin says, laugh my ass off. Okay, Zane. Well, I'm just saying, man. I don't think all cops want to uh, do what you suggest. Kalamazoo was where our pal Dan was a cop. I can think of one podcaster with the initials JJ, who's an evil piece of shit. I disagree. He's just ignorant. And not all old people have the ability, like me, to listen and change a viewpoint on the world. John is not capable of that. Your old pal Easy is. If you were to listen back to me from four years ago, I probably had a much different view of the world than I do now. You have to be willing to adapt and think. John does not have that because he's ignorant. All right. I'm out of time. Um, the asshole of the day though, needs to happen. Let's go back. I, I, I don't have the name, but I gotta, I gotta find it. Um, yes, I do have it. You don't remember it either, but it's from a story we had just a handful of minutes ago about, uh, Cavalcante being arrested. And then they took a picture with him. Um, and then the one guy from the Center for Police Equity, Niles Wilson, is the asshole all butthurt because law enforcement took a picture of the bad guy after the dog ate his face off. Niles Wilson is the dickhead. He is the asshole of the day. Great job by those cops. Um... In my opinion, they should have taken it a step further and beat the shit out of the guy. That is my time on the Eric Zane Show podcast. The Patreon is next. Have a good day. Bye-bye.